Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. Yeah, this is the Dilma Expertise Panel on Mornings with Ian Smith at 10.22. No Smithy, so Ricardo Ball in for him. Uh, but joining us on the panel today is renowned rugby author Jamie Wall. G'day, Jamie. How are you doing? Morning, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good. And uh, uh, sports journalist extraordinaire, lover of all things UFC, Brad Lewis. How are you, Brad? Good, Rick. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Uh, I've got a question for you, gentlemen, that we'll get to at the end of this. It, it is our um, Mount Rushmore today of your four favourite fighters. It can be any discipline. It can be, uh, it can be, you know, uh, it could be wrestlers. It could be UFC fighters. It could be boxers. It could be movie stars. It could be anything. So I'll leave you to, to, to dwell on that, and we'll get to that at the end. But let's start with the Blues playing Moana Pacifica tonight. Uh, Moana Pacifica, of course, uh, not over the Canes on the weekend uh, and, you know, they are resting quite a few themselves. The Blues have put out very much a second string team as well. Jamie, looking at these two teams, do you think Moana can go back-to-back and get another W tonight? Well, that's a great question because uh, everything's pretty much getting reset uh, just due to the fact that this game's only, what, three days after the last Hmm. time these teams played. And there's so many changes, it's pretty hard to know. I mean, personally, I'm backing the Blues because they're just a better team. And there's no way that they're going to play as poorly as the Hurricanes did on Friday night. Um, With all the goodwill and and support for Minor Pacific coming out, which is great, and they 100% deserve it, I still think that game said more about the Hurricanes than it did about Minor Pacifica because they played so badly it would have to rate... In my opinion, uh, as someone who unfortunately had to grow up in Wellington watching them, uh, is one of their worst performances ever. So um, it's really up in the uh, up in the air. I think uh, if you would have asked me this time last week, uh, I would have said the Blues easily. Um, I still think they're going to win, but it's definitely not going to be by as big as a margin as people would have thought. And you touched on it in your last uh, segment there with Steve Devine. I think it's going to come down to the halves. And they're very evenly matched uh, right now. Although I will say that Stephen Perifeta is in very good form uh, at the moment, but it's going to be really interesting to see how he goes up against Lincoln McClutchy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that uh, match. Uh, what about you, Brad? What's your take on this? Yeah, I've been super impressed with Stephen Perifeta this season. Definitely the best season he's had, um, and he's been a big part of the Blues' uh, relative success bar a 10-minute period against the um, Canes in, earlier this season. But Look, I kind of feel like the Blues are due to gel, right? Like, they're, they're due to put in a, a full 80-minute performance. They were they were good against the Hollanders 
uh, last weekend, but but not great. Right, there were moments where they lapsed, and as good as Moana Pacifica were, I agree uh, with Jamie. Like the Hurricanes, pretty much handed that game to them on a platter, and many uh, for, for many reasons, um, just with some silly play, um, some dumb play, in fact. And all credit to Moana Pacifica; they deserved they deserved that win. Um, but I've, I've got the Blues winning pretty comfortably. Uh, just a gut feeling I have that they're kind of due to to put a full performance together. Yeah, and I, I guess, Jamie, then uh, what we get from this is who puts their hand up to get maybe into the team on Saturday, or as, as Steve mentioned in the, in the last break, is Leon McDonald just treating these as two separate games and he's split his squad in half? I mean, do you expect many changes between Tuesday and Saturday? Oh, to be honest, mate, we could probably have this have this conversation again tomorrow and it could go a completely different way because I think that they have pretty much picked the teams already. Uh, I, I, there might be a, a, a couple of positions up for for contention on the bench, um, perhaps. But I think I think that again, and and then talking about Peter Feta, uh now that Bowden Barrett is going to be out um, for a while, you know, Leo McDonald has a bit of a, a problem to solve um, around ten um, and what, how he's going to manage that. So perhaps he might back up again. Um, and for Moana Pacifica, I, I think that. That team that played the Hurricanes is, is their top, their top 15. Um, although, again, the inside backs uh, potentially could make a case um, for one another because going into the season, I, I, I think it was uh, presumed by most people that Irianare and Lincoln McClutchy would be there starting 9 and 10, and that hasn't been the case uh, with Christian Liliafano, um coming in. Uh, and doing a pretty good job there in that game on Friday. So, yeah, I think I think the teams are pretty settled, but maybe maybe just a couple of question marks over those those positions. Yeah, I mean, I think a full strength Blues team, or uh, well, no no Bowden Barrett, obviously, and possibly no RTS either, will will be too strong even with you know the likes of uh, Stowers and uh, Moore and uh, Dan, uh, Danny Tuala back, right, uh, Brad? Yeah, it's, and it's interesting. The composition's kind of at a. A weird point, right? With these with these midweek games, and we sort of don't know where we're at. It's um, it's weird. Like you know, even the Crusaders game on the weekend was a big turnaround from the week before. I, I don't know how Jamie feels or you. I just don't really know who the best team in the comp is right now. Like, you know, the Blues haven't played. Uh, you know, they they got out of jail against the Chiefs. They haven't played the Crusaders. Uh, we we think they're a good team, but we don't quite know yet. And you know the. The Crusaders, we know, are a very good team, but also they they have kind of a, a loss in them as they showed against the Chiefs a few weeks ago. So, and Moana Pacifica look like they could be any team on any given day if, if things go right for them. So it's an interesting point of the comp. And um, yeah, like I said, I just don't really know who the best team is right now. I'll tell you, it's the Brumbies, mate. They're unbeaten. That's uh, yeah, we do tend to forget that there are a bunch of Australian teams playing <laughs> of as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about cricket. The cricket World Cup, of course, in our backyard. I think most of us expected uh, on on lead and form to the tournament that the White Ferns would be at the semi-final stages. They haven't made it to the semi-finals. Jamie, does anybody in New Zealand care about the Cricket World Cup anymore? Oh yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that the the tournament itself has been a really good showcase uh, for women's cricket um, and it's probably surprised quite a lot of people who probably aren't as exposed to it uh, as normal and I think that for the people that have really sunk their teeth into it and, and become emotionally attached to it um, they're going to keep keep watching it obviously it would be better if the White Ferns were there and uh, it's been extremely disappointing um, that they're not but the, the one thing about that is that uh, people right from the first game have had um, 
have, have had plenty of time to get used to the fact that they're not going to be in the semi-finals because uh, the White Ferns haven't uh, lost that match and, and didn't really get much better uh, after that. So if you've been following the Cricket World Cup up until now, you, you know full well that New Zealand weren't going to be there. So, um, you know, there's plenty of other great cricketing nations that are going to be playing um, and it's all set up for what should be a big final and an Australian team that, you know, going on their results, it should be, be regarded as one of the greatest uh, limited overs teams of all time uh, in both men's and women's. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a fair shout. Uh, what about you, Brad? Uh, do you think the public in general care anymore now the White Ferns aren't there? I think there will be a, a slight wane in that, right? Like, um, yeah, uh, but in saying that, though, there's something about the South African team that makes me feel like they have a massive upset in them in the final if they can get there. They just they seem to be pretty strong in some key areas. They're very good bowling side. And they have four or five really good batsmen uh, that, that can take a game away from the opposition, as we saw in the Indian game the other night. But this Australian team, and I've said it before, is, is the best women's cricket team that's probably ever taken the park. And they shouldn't lose a game uh, in this tournament and probably won't. But for me, the interest comes in, in the South African team. I, I really think they're, they're a very good lineup. Should be a great game against the Palms. Uh, but yeah, that's where the interest lies with me is... Is the South African team good enough to take that next step and, and, and win a Women's World Cup? I don't necessarily buy into the, the thought that the White Ferns were a lock for the semis from the start. Their form in the last two years suggested otherwise, frankly. Uh, and, you know, obviously if they beat the West Indies in the first game, they, they make the semis, but they didn't. Tough luck. And, uh, yeah, we, we move on. Um, but, yeah, the interest for me is in, is in if the South African team can, can cause the big upset and make the final and beat Australia. Well, this is the Dilmar Expertise Panel on Mornings with Ian Smith, Brad Lewis and Jamie War with us after the latest news and sport with Aroha Hathaway. We're going to continue on. We're going to talk the Warriors and we're going to talk the Mount Rushmore of Fighters. The Expertise Panel brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. It is 28 away from 11 here on the Expertise Panel Mornings with Ian Smith. Uh, Dilma, do try. They're celebrating 30 years of tea in New Zealand. Is it just me, that, that slurp on the on the little intro? My missus goes burka if anybody slurps their tea. And I always just, I just hear that and cringe. Oh, yeah, it sorry, but it is just a sound effect. It right. can't, it sounds like it's me doing it, but no. I swear it's not. Sure, sure. Okay, all right. Now, yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk matters of tea later on, uh, but um, our expertise <laughs> panel, uh, Brad Lewis, Jamie Warbeck with us. Um, here's a question I'll, I'll pose to you first, Brad. Uh, the Warriors, mm. um, of course, uh, have had an indifferent start to the season. I did see somebody uh, to say after their win over the Tigers that it could be the first game in history where both ca- coaches get sacked after a game uh, because it was so, <laughs> so bad. Um, but uh, let's try and put a positive spin on it. Um, if everybody is fit and if Nathan Brown can pick anybody who wants, what is the Warriors' best 13? Yeah, that is the million-dollar question, right? Like, me personally, I'd like to see Reese Walsh play in the halves and Dallin with Tanisha Lesniak play at fullback um, just to, and have that pairing with Sean Johnson. There's plenty of options there in the halves, Cody, Chanel, uh, Ash Taylor, and, and Johnson if, if they're all fit. But I don't know, there's something about Reese Walsh that needs to be closer to the game for me. And with Tanisha Lesniak was has been outstanding for the Kiwis in the number one jersey where he's had to wear that in the past great winger as well. Uh, and, and I'd like to see you and Aiken move into the centres. That's where he's at his best. That's where he's established himself as, as a you know, top-class NRL player. Um, and up front, obviously, Tohu Harris comes in. Josh Curran's the first name on the team sheet every single week. That guy um, is uh, 
don't you know I love him why we can Warriors fans because he's got state of origin player written all over him and and when you become a state of origin player you tend to leave the Warriors so I could see a Sydney club lighting him up at the end of his deal. Uh, so, you know, Lodge, Egan, Fanua Blake, Tohu Harris, Josh Curran, probably Bailey Surin in the back row, maybe Ali Katoa, and then and then your your back line for me would be with with Tini Zalesniak at the back, probably Pompey and Montoya on the wings, um, Berry and Aiken in the centres with Johnson and Walsh as the halves. Yeah, okay. Well there's uh, that's a pretty comprehensive uh, what have you got to add to that, Jamie? I uh, can't really argue with much of what Brez just uh, said there. Um, yeah, my main move as well was uh, when he's fit, move Watini's Lesniak to fullback and Walsh to the halves and also, like Brad said, Aiken um, to centre. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the, the Ford pack is, is pretty much what they've been what they've been running with. It'd um, be nice to see a bit more, bit more use out of Ali Katoa. But, uh, yeah, yeah like, I, like I said, Brad pretty much... Nailed it on the head, but it, the the thing for me is that uh, it's not really that much of a conversation about the players you can pick. I mean, there are thirteen good mm. players there that can win NRL games. It's it's the coach, and uh, I, I'm just I'm just I'm just not inspired by Nathan Brown at all. I just I just don't really have any faith in him and what he's doing with this team right now because a good coach would be getting the best out of these players, uh, and he's. Doing that, and and if you're going to be sort of looking at what you need to change, it's it's up there in the box, and it's a shame because you know from what I've heard, Nathan Brown's a good guy and everything, but you know this is just the story of the Warriors. You have someone come in um, saying they're going to do a job, they and they and they they just seem to just tick the boxes, and we need someone who's who's coming in and going to take this team to new places. Um, unfortunately, the Warriors just aren't a team that just seem to want to attract. Uh, someone like that, and I think that if you're going to be talking about money and what they're doing with it, it's that's where they should be fronting up and looking for a top tier coach. How difficult that is to actually make happen, well, that's another thing. But they need to kind of be trying because I don't think Nathan Brown's the guy who's going to be taking this team anywhere anywhere further than they were last year. Yeah, well, I mean, without getting Craig Bellamy, uh, I guess that the question is who is available, who's realistic that could be that top-tier coach. And oh, they, oh, absolutely, absolutely. You're yeah. right, you're right. It, yeah. like, like it's, it's, that's, that's a tough one because there's only about, ever, you know, only ever four or five coaches actually floating around in the NRL that can actually win a premiership. So, you know, I, I definitely put my hand up and say, like, well, there's the big asterisk next to that question. But... That's, that we is had one. Issue. His name was Ivan Cleary. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great yeah, exactly. coach. We had a great coach, and um, was it Wayne Scar at the time decided not to keep him at the club um, for a longer than a while? I can't. Sorry, look, I'm sorry if it was Wayne. It might have been John Hart, but we had a great coach who was building something special. Who should have been at the club like a Wayne Bennett for 20 years, and we let him go. Yep, that's true. I was going to throw a name out there as a guy who maybe doesn't stri- uh, jump up as a front of mind, this guy will win a premiership, but I think has all the hallmarks of being a guy who could be a very, very good coach and could be a project coach, and, and that is um, Christian Wolf, who's now at St Helens. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of that as a possibility, uh, Brad? He certainly brings players together, right? And we know there's a big Polynesian aspect to this Warriors team, um, although it's not as big as it used to be. Uh, but I guess he kind of needs to prove himself away from international football. That Thailand side, probably the most talented, you know, international side on the planet in terms of, of the players they can call on. Um, you know, beaten Kiwis in Australia in recent times. So, like, yeah, for me, um, for me, he needs to prove himself um, in the NRL or, or, I mean, even in Super League. Like Nathan Brown went away to Super League and did pretty well. And I mean, he's 
he's got like a what a 40% win rate in the NRL so I'm with Jamie I'm just completely uninspired by Nathan Brown at this point yeah alright gentlemen our last question for the Dilma expertise panel then is uh, to do with our Mount Rushmore uh, this is your favourite four fighters that are going to go on your Mount Rushmore so I, I, I'll start with you Jamie who have you got who are your favourite four uh, well, my favourite boxer of all time would have to be Smoking Joe Frazier. I mean, just a guy who just absolutely never gave up and was part of some some of the greatest uh, boxing fights of, of all time. Um, and I just love watching replays of that guy that guy fight. Um, I think uh, from the from Hollywood, I'd have to go with Bruce Lee. Uh, no one's beating him. Um, Russell Crowe as well. He was known to love love a bit of a fight. Um, <laughs> but my favourite. Um, but I would I would have to say you know just as a kid who grew up in the in the Attitude Era uh, it would have to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean uh, just he- hearing that that glass shatter just sends a shiver on my spine and seeing him come out and uh, just stomp a mud hole and someone walk it dry. I mean uh, you, you can't get much tougher and and more successful than, than a man like that who just completely changed the industry. Um, so you know shout out to my man Chris Jericho as well. He he, he was a great uh, wrestler. Uh, as well, but uh, it has to be Stone Cold Steve Austin for me. All right, Stone Cold, he's, he's giving back, a shout he's out. Back next week. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah. The old man is back. Uh, what about you, Brad? <laughs> Who, who's, who's your Mount Rushmore of fighters? Okay, so um, first and foremost, Mike Tyson because he was must watch, right? Yeah. So um, I, I, that's how I grew up, and that's how I fell in love with with fight sports was watching Mike Tyson in that sort of three or four year prime of his from '86 through to 1990. So <clears throat> he's number one for me. Uh, number two in terms of Hollywood would be Clubber Lang. I think he was the scariest dude uh, in any of the Rocky movies. And that first fight with Rocky, when he just completely wiped the floor of him, you know, was brutal. And you know, um, so, and he just Mr. T just looks like a badass. So, so that's two for me. Uh, number <clears throat> number three was Ron as Ronda Rousey. She uh, she kind of brought women's mixed martial arts to the mainstream to where it is today. There'd be no Amanda Nunez, no Misha Tate, no Valentina Shevchenko without. Ronda Rousey uh, leading the way and <clears throat> convincing Dana White that women's MMA had a place in the world. And she's gone on to do great things in WWE and has made events in WrestleMania um, later in the week as well. And like Jamie, massive Stone Cold fan, when that music hits, like you get goosebumps, man. Like it was, it's interesting. Like Stone Cold probably, Steve Austin only had a sort of a three or four year prime from like a 96 through to about 2001, 2002 before he had to retire. But it was the greatest sort of five or six year period in pro wrestling history. And when his music hit, it got, you got goosebumps, the crowd popped huge and, you know, great on the mic, great in the ring. Um, seems like a pretty good bloke. And yeah, like I said, apparently returning to the ring, well, for an interview segment anyway, uh, at WrestleMania next week in Texas. Yeah, looking forward to it. Good stuff, gentlemen. Thank you very much for being part of the uh, Dilma Expertise panel today. Anytime. Cheers, Ricardo. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91